Well, okay. Whoa, hot mic. Diggity dog. Damn, what am I doing? I'm alliterating, guys. That's what I'm doing. I'm alliterating. And I'm pretty happy with it. Hey! <laughs> Four weeks. We did it, guys. I thought to myself, you can't do this. It's not going to work. But top secret, it worked. Four weeks in, we're still doing this uh, podcasting thing, feeling good about it, really enjoying myself, and uh, hoping you're enjoying it, too. Certainly, people still seem to be listening to it. Uh, look, somebody's even watching it right now. I can't believe that. Um, so I'm going to pluck away, keep on doing this, and We'll see what we see. Anyway, uh, did I say this already? Welcome back. Toronto Beer Podcast. Chris Schreier here with you doing the whole podcast thing. We got it as usual. We're up here on uh, there on YouTube, down here, Instagram, and maybe you're listening uh, on your commute, perhaps, or maybe while working like I often do with a nice podcast. I uh, I, I enjoy um, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight hours of podcasts a day. Would you believe because I'm a mailman and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Got some favorites. Hey, uh, if you liked cereal, and I don't mean with milk, I'm not talking about Lucky Charms, kids. I'm talking about that very popular podcast called Cereal. Uh, you might want to look into, I think it's by Radiolab, which is WNYC Studios, I think. They're doing a mini series called The Other Latif Nasser. And I have a feeling it's going to be serial-like in its uh, in its its approach. It's about a gentleman wrongfully imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay named Latif Nasser. Uh, I think it's sounding pretty good so far. Only one app's dropped. I think uh, actually, I think today would be the next one came out. Haven't listened to it yet, but uh, but look into that, guys. Good podcast. I like that. But anyway, that's not why we're here. This isn't the podcast. Podcast that would be too meta, though. Those exist. They're not worth your while. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. Do your own research. But what, what are we here for, kids? Well, it's the Toronto Beer Podcast. So we're going to get into some beer now. I'm just going to reach over into my little fridge here. <clears throat> Quietly dry out. Nobody saw that yet on the cameras, I don't believe. Uh, how many kids at home are remembering what month it is? It's February. It's a dark, short month. This is leap year this year, guys, I think. I think there's a February 29th this year. We get an extra day of flagship February. This is the uh, uh, event or attraction or I don't know what you want to call it, social media thing that... Uh, is to focus on on breweries flagship beers uh, as mentioned in the previous podcast this is important because a lot of the breweries that we really love have a fantastic flagship beer that's often overlooked especially by the people uh, who drink there most you know you want to try the new thing the interesting thing the cool thing um, no time for those flagships for a lot of folks and that's unfortunate because some of them are just fantastic um so hey i would check uh look on the social medias for the flagship february there's been some great writing from some of the beer folks in the city about some of their favorite flagship beers and uh you know to do my part play along i've been doing flagships uh, for the month so last week oh yeah we did uh, the cornerstone black lager from black lab brewing who was a big fan of that uh, real nice discovery on my part i say that as if i discover you know what i mean i realized that it's a really good beer and i, I enjoyed it quite a bit 
this week for the fourth week now, uh, which is an important week for me. That that feels like a milestone. I decided to do the flagship, I think, of sort of the craft scene in Ontario. Hey, controversial opinion. I get it. You might disagree with me and you're entitled to and I will never hear you. No, I will. You comment. It's fine. I'll listen, I promise. But uh, I am the man with the mic right now and two cameras and I'm going to tell you what I think of as the flagship beer for the Ontario craft brewing scene and that is Steam Whistle Pilsner. Oh, look at that green can. That new and improved logo. I don't know if you want to say improved, but certainly a new logo. Uh, it's gone through some branding changes. But uh, what's in the can? Still, I think, one of the standard bearers for the brewing scene in the province. Um, yeah, let's dive in. I'll expound on steam whistle uh, as we go i'm gonna try not to hit my microphone with my face glass or anything else this week also gonna try not to swear we'll see how it turns out live fully as always here we go don't know what's gonna happen might blow up just pick this guy up at loblaws here we go ready oh yeah that's that's the stuff right there now in weeks gone by every beer i've done so far in the past three weeks has been a dark beer and uh the cleanliness of my glass um, hasn't been called into question. Steam Whistle Pilsner, as you would expect for the style, is brilliantly clear and is going to show every sin in this glass if there are any. But it's not looking too, too, too bad. A uh, couple of little bubbly bits, but we're doing not too badly. And also there's only th two, three people watching at home right now. Uh, oh, great. You can't really even see it all that well on the camera anyway, so that's fantastic. But here is the Steam Whistle Pilsner. Beautiful, beautiful golden yellow beer. Actually, having claimed that it was brilliantly clear, it's very clear. I wouldn't have quite said brilliant. It's not hazy by any standards. I can certainly read my screen right through it. See my waveforms forming. It's fantastic. There's my face. Uh, oh, I just look blurry and weird when I look at it through that. But anyway, um, yeah, beautiful, golden yellow, clear. Um, I poured it pretty gently. Typically, you can get a pretty nice white pillowy head on it, especially on draft. Whew, hot diggity. See if we can stir up a little bit of head there for the folks at home. There you go. Yeah, a bit of a nice white head there, depending on which camera you're looking in. There it is. Steam Whistle Pilsner, a standard Bohemian-style Pilsner, Czech-style, if you like. Uh, you know, on the nose, actually, it's funny. I almost always notice when I drink this beer the malts uh, right out of the gate, which are, they tend to be bready and quite nice. A little, uh, little bit of, I think it's Canadian two-row, but might be Pilsner malt, I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, nice... Just multi-smelling malts, which is kind of what you're looking for. But I'm actually getting a bit more grassiness out of this right now. Hmm. Which is the hop. Uh, the the I'm I'm not exactly sure what hop they use. It'd be a European hop, I think. I'm pretty sure they're using a like a traditional Czech uh, style, if not actually Czech hop. Um, and they tend to be a little bit more kind of herbaceous or earthy, sometimes a little spicy. Um, a lot of the tastes that you associate with kind of modern hops, you know, grapefruit and stuff like that come from more of the New World hops. But those old European ones, they're nicely sturdy, bitter, maybe a little tannic, sometimes a little bit of black tea or something. But this one's just got a nice grassiness to it, which with the, the grains gives it kind of that farm field, not barnyard. Don't think about that. We're talking about yeast and bacteria then. 
We're going to talk about that later in the show, guys. But uh, but more like a farm field, like, you know, when you're driving through the country on your motorcycle in the summer, which I'm sure is something you can all relate to. Uh, just that nice, fresh, grassy, sort of grainy uh, smell. It's quite nice. So have a little sip now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is bang for your buck. One of the most solid pilsners you can kind of pick up widely through the province. Um, yeah, there are breweries. I mean, I live a kilometer and a half from Godspeed and BIM is making some amazing Czech style beers that are snappy and dry and interesting and highly, highly, highly crushable. Um, if you did them blind side by side, I'm willing to bet I would maybe give the Nauto and the Godspeed, but maybe not. I've never tried it, but there is nothing wrong with the Steam Whistle Pilsner. It is, as I said, nicely malty, but not sweet. Uh, the hops are drying. It's snappy and dry, a little bit grassy. And actually on the finish, you get a little bit of an earthy quality to it. Hmm. Good weight, like good density to the beer on your your palate. It's not um, certainly not heavy by any standards, but it's got some body to it. Feels like you're drinking something, which is nice. Uh, I remember way back in the day. I don't know if they still talk about this. I haven't done a tour at Steam Whistle in ages and ages and ages, but they used to talk about the fact that they uh, they didn't force carbonate their beers. They they naturally carbonated using fermentation. Um, and they always talked about the bubbles. Oh, the bubbles are little. They're like champagne bubbles, which is always sweet to hear them say. And uh, But I do find the carbonation on it seems to be just about right. Um, it's prickly without being, like, foamy. It's great. Um, solid, solid Czech-style uh, Pilsner, Bohemian-style Pilsner, if you like. And, uh, yeah, like... Widely available is an understatement. Every grocery store that sells beer probably sells Steam Whistle. It's at every beer store. It's at every LCBO. Easy to see in its beautiful green cans with uh, blue branding. Um, you know, bars, especially if you go out to bars with friends a lot and maybe you're a bit of a bit of a know-it-all like me, um, Steam Whistle is always a good, safe option. Not only do you know that it's local and fresh, but Steam Whistle actually cleans all their own lines. So... The lines are always in good shape. It's it's a really, really solid uh, option, especially, pardon me, especially in, in bars where maybe there isn't a lot, uh, a lot of craft options on tap, which is part of the reason why I said that I kind of do think of it as the flagship uh, craft beer in Ontario. I realize many older breweries have uh, been around a lot longer than Steam Whistle. I think Steam Whistle kind of turn of the millennia, sometime around 2000, might say on the can, actually. Um so not super, super long. Mm, no, it doesn't say that I can see anyway. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just what they've done, they went from a group of really passionate but overworked and underappreciated people cranking out beer at the Roundhouse to, I mean, massive. I think it wouldn't be unfair to call them massive uh, in size. Uh, huge distribution channels, other provinces. Like I say, every retail option in the province probably sells Steam Whistle. Massive uh, volume these days, but I, I personally don't think they've given anything up in that. I think the beer is as good as it always was. People always like to be like hipsters. Oh, yeah, I liked that. I liked it when uh, they were 
you know, just some sweaty people and rubber boots splashing around the brewery. And now that it's all polished and corporate, but I've never bought into that. You can, you can scale things up and, and maintain your cred. Um, it doesn't mean that you are uh, selling your soul. Uh, lots of some of my favorite breweries, in fact, are, are huge these days. I love Bose and Bose is massive. I, obviously, everyone, I think, knows my undying passion for Amsterdam, which is also a very large brewery by craft standards. So uh, I don't understand why people get so upset about that uh, with steam whistle. Oh, they're too big, too much, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it used to be I'm like, no, it's still a solid beer. And uh, and this is no exception. Uh, fantastic, fantastic Pilsner. Um, easy, easy to find. So grab yourself some steam whistle Pilsner. And now, of course, the part of the show. Well, what are you going to eat with it? And that's a very good question. Hmm. If I'd really been thinking, I just made some sourdough bread today and I should have brought in a chunk of that because that would probably go well in an interesting way. You would get the grains and I actually make my uh, my sourdough with a bit of spelt because wasn't quite hipster enough just to be making sourdough bread that I needed to kind of ramp that up a little bit. And uh, so I did. I used spelt. Um, but that gives it a little bit of a, a, a nuttier kind of characteristic and, and more grainy qualities. Um, and I think those, uh, the grain and the flour kind of characteristic of the bread would work really well with the beer. But the um, the bitterness and the, the kind of quick snappy finish to the beer would help um, because of course the sourdough has a bit of a sour finish to it and uh, so you would at the same time have um, com uh, comparing you know the two different graininesses drawing each other out thinking about sweetness and grain tastes but then you would have the contrast of the sour to the bitter of the beer and the and the bread and I think that'd be great cut yourself a slice of that toast it up Maybe a little bit of butter on there, give it a little fat, make it a little bit rich so that you could uh, then appreciate the, the the drying characteristic of the hops cutting through that. Um, but that'd be great. And then, you know, if you want to expand on that, well, take that bread and you make yourself a sandwich, I think. And uh, well, what would you put on that sandwich? I guess it depends what you like to eat. But uh, certainly... You know, something not too crazy, aggressively flavorful, maybe... If you were into sort of barbecue chicken, you had some maybe chicken you'd roast it off or barbecued off left in the fridge, cut some chunks of that up, throw it up on there. Maybe like a bit of an aioli. And then uh, my go-to, and, you know, I've got some in the fridge right now. I love a bit of arugula. Arugula is quite peppery, and I think that pepperiness and a bit earthiness would, uh, uh, and, and grassiness, to be fair, with the hops. I think they would work really well with the hops. So, yeah, get yourself bit of leftover roasted chicken, bit of garlic aioli, throw that on the old sourdough with a bit of arugula or rocket, as the Brits like to call it, because it's roquette in French. Um, I think that'd be a pretty good pairing, if you ask me. And I guess in a way you did, because you are listening right now. So yeah, Steam Muscle Pilsner, as I've said, fantastic beer get it in you they just recently uh, if you recall from i think the first episode they had the roundhouse craft beer festival it's a fantastic uh, twice yearly event once in the winter once in the summer uh you know great opportunity to go out and try a lot of beers but the brewery is always a good spot to visit lovely tasting space and they do a pretty cool tour um 
not quite the same as again back in the day i liked their early stuff uh when you were walking around the brewery in puddles of caustic potentially wearing flip-flops but uh with uh <laughs> with age and size comes um, uh, maturity and responsibility and they've uh, done a really good job making that into a much more user-friendly tour and uh, i think it's fantastic worth going down get a couple of beers uh check out the the brewery and the people there are just so passionate and so lovely um it's really, really awesome. So cheers to Steam Whistle. We're going to talk about some events just after I have another mouthful of beer. Mm. I could drink that all night. Probably won't. I'm probably going to go to sleep in a little while, but might drink it until then. So what's going on? You know what? I'm super smart this time. I do need to flip over a tab here, uh, but I'm, I actually thought to uh, open up my, my events. So I knew it was coming and there's really only, well, I was going to say two things, but then I realized there was a lot more, uh, on one of the pages. Uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up tickets have just gone on sale for what is, I don't like banding around superlatives about best and stuff like that, but certainly an event that I've been to a couple of times and I wish I could go to every year. It's Funk Fest at Sawdust City in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Uh, you'll remember Sawdust from two weeks ago, the Sweeties and Cuties Stout, lovely stuff. They host a yearly festival in the parking lot of their brewery up in beautiful, sunny Muskoka, Gravenhurst, Muskoka. Uh, this year, it's on June the 27th. It runs from 12 till 6 p.m., and uh, tickets are $35, uh, which gets you in, gets you a glass, two event tokens, and then obviously all the funktastic fun times, which includes, pardon me, live bands, so on and so forth. Apologies, by the way, right now, if you're on YouTube or Instagram, both those feeds just dropped for a second, but they are back now, so we're okay. Back to Funk Fest. Why is it called Funk Fest? Well, there are funk bands, but it's more to do with the beers. The main focus of this event are funky beers, barrel-aged, bugs, sours, you know, things with pretinomyces, beers that make you go and pucker. They're great. Lots of really fabulous, fun, interesting, uh, complicated, generally, beers. But they've announced this year they're also going to be inviting the breweries that are providing the funky beers to also bring like a, a lager or something really, you know, crushable and easy to kind of cleanse your palate between uh, between beers. Um, I know I went in the inaugural year and then I think the year after and I think that's been it. I've only gone twice and I really, really, really like it. Um, had a really good time that first year with George Eagleson. Hmm. George, what a guy, eh? Everybody listening to this, anybody, you know, George. You can probably figure out what a good time we had. It was lovely. Anyway, Funk Fest, Gravenhurst, Ontario, June 27th. Tickets are on sale right now. You can go to funkfest.sadacitybrewing.com or just search Funk Fest on the old Googs. You're going to find out a lot more about it. And I would encourage you to get your tickets now. I suspect it sells out. Um, and they definitely have uh, limited space. So you want to check that out. The other thing I was going to bring up, I was going to mention again, mentioned it earlier, uh, 
Leftfield has their Fan Appreciation Day coming up, and I wanted to look it up and make sure I had all the details right. And I generally did in the past times I've talked about it, but I looked it up again, but it's on their event page, and I realized, good golly, they just never stop, do they? Those crazy kids at Leftfield and all their events. So Fan Appreciation Day, that's going to be February 16th, which I think some people call Saturday? Sunday? Oh, I can't use my phone. Okay, it's coming up, guys. Like, today is the 10th, so it's six days away, which would be Sunday. Somehow that doesn't seem right. But anyway, it's February the 16th at 11 a.m. at the brewery. They say it's a party to say thanks to you as we celebrate seven years. Good gravy. Can you believe it? How long has it been? Well, seven years is how long has it been. So you want to check that out. But when you go to the Left Field events page, you're going to see a whole host of amazing things coming up. And I just couldn't help myself. I had to draw uh, attention to a couple of things uh, coming up tomorrow night. Tonight, if you're listening to this on the podcast and it's fresh um, today, I'm recording on February the 10th. Tomorrow, February the 11th, 7 p.m fly tying workshop at left field what fly tying yeah flies oh well look i've actually got fly tying stuff sitting right next to me what a coincidence look here's a whole box of streamer hooks i'm shaking it if you're listening at home look here's my nymph hook box i got a vice and everything in there yeah tying flies for fly fishing uh even if you don't tie fly fly ties tie flies fly fish you know, it could be fun to go out and uh, learn a little bit about it. Um, it's the Valentine's edition. See what they did there? T-Y-E-S. Very, very, very clever. But the important thing here, it's hosted by my friends, your friends too, if you're into fly fishing, over at Drift Outfitters on Queen Street by Parliament? Right across from Moss Park, anyway. Uh, really fantastic guys uh, at, the, at the Drift Fly Fishing Outfitter shop. And... Uh, they're going to be teaching you how to tie some flies, uh, talking about materials, I'm sure, and what you might use the flies for. And it's a really, really cool time. Uh, you're going to check out for ticketing drift uh, dash outfitters at shoplightspeed.com. And uh, yeah, you're going to tie some flies, going to drink some beers. I'm looking to see if there's a price on here. I do. Not. Oh, there it is. 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks in 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. What? A good deal. It also says there's only 12 spots available, so it might actually already be full. But you can look it up. Check it out. I would support that. Uh, I would also support the Brine and Brew 101 on February the 13th. That's coming up real soon, too. Oyster Shucking Workshop. Come on. What else could you want? Oysters and beer? Sounds beautiful. And then I just wanted to give an extra little nod. If you go way down towards the end of the month on February the 28th, the better vegan is going to be serving some pop-up food uh, with their vegan chicken sandwich. And that photo looks pretty damn delicious. So anyway, go over to leftfieldbrewery.ca slash events and uh, check out what's coming up, which you can get to, because as I always say, we do love our friends over at Leftfield. Give them some support. Check out that stuff. Anything else happening? I mean, Six Nations is on break this week, so not much point talking about that. I had a lousy weekend in the pool because I had Wales and Scotland and neither one. Happy days. But we did have a lot of fun down at the club. Saw some more kids who uh, play rugby with us in the summer, and it's really exciting just 
seeing them getting a stoke on for that. Uh, the Arrows, Toronto's professional rugby union team, had their home opener this or not home opener, season opener this past week with a big win over some stupidly named team from Texas. But we trounced them. So who cares how dumb their name might be? And uh, Wolfpack lost their second game of the season. Oh, not good, guys. I do like seeing them actually having to compete, but I kind of want to see them win, too. Um Sonny Bill Williams headed back to New Zealand now because he's about to have another child, but we'll see him again in a couple weeks, I'm sure. And by the time they get into Toronto, hopefully they're back to smashing the boys. Smash them all! Like that. And uh, should be a good time. Great opportunity to drink some beer at the rugby game, by the way, both Arrows and Wolfpack at Lamport Stadium. I think it's the Craft Guys, they're called, does the beer garden. And I think I've mentioned this before, but if you've gone to, you know, the Leafs game and it's like, oh, it's five minutes into the third period, the bars close, <clears throat> the beer garden at the rugby stays open for two hours after the game. So I would highly recommend that as good value for your money. Um, a season's ticket holder to both. Uh, so you will almost certainly see me there. Feel free to come over, say hi, buy me a beer. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week, guys. We'll be back next week in two weeks' time. I might do this early, or I might have a guest friend of the pod, Josh Lake, who's longtime listener, first time caller, or something like that. Uh, she's been on, I think. I can't remember. Uh, his family and I and my family, we're going to Grey Wolf Lodge. Not a beer mecca unfortunately, but we're going to take gin and tonic and make a time of it. Let me tell you that for free. Uh, we might record it Monday night at Great Wolf Lodge. Why not? We'll see. Or I'll record it on Saturday or something like that. But anyway, that's all we got this week. Uh, you know, I've been getting real sentimental at the end of these. And um, yeah, just remember, guys, it's hard to know what uh, different people are going through at different times. I have some friends who just lost a sibling. Uh yeah, an adult, but way, way too young. And uh, you could pass them in the street and never know that they're going through hard times. Um, they're tough and they're strong and they're well supported, but uh, you just don't know. So, uh, you know, be nice. Uh, you know, give it away for free. You don't have to make people earn it just because we're all human. We're all friends. Uh, be good to each other. Be safe. Take care of each other. And uh, until I talk at you next week, have a good week. <laughs>